The things that I make sure that I do is always learning and learning and learning because I'm young and there's so much to learn if we want to bring this company to a massive impact. Tune in every Tuesday to the Learning with Lowell podcast with me, your host, Lowell, to hear world-class scientists, startup founders, CEOs, and authors, people who you wouldn't normally hear about but are making huge waves all the same. You'll understand them and their work by hearing their passion, laughter, advice, and hearing them, the experts, break down what they're working on so that you can learn, push the boundaries of your knowledge, and understanding. Three quick ways to show your support and get unique, exclusive, and fun content is by checking out learningwithlowell.com website, our Patreon page, even if it's just a buck, it keeps us advertisement free and subscribing today we're joined with flavia ceo and co-founder of fleet fleet is an agile space company connecting the internet of things around the world using a massive fleet of small low-cost satellites basically making it faster simpler and cheaper to connect the world's devices based in australia in this episode we get into space entrepreneurship seeking negative feedback as well as positive how flavia got started how she prioritizes what mechanisms she's put in place to be successful advice for founders there is a YouTube video of this as well on our new Learning with Lowell YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, share that as well. That's a new avenue we're going to blow up. We have amazing content that's going to be coming out of there. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. I noticed, I noticed that you've basically been in space since 2007. And in one of your other interviews, it kind of seemed that you, made a, you, you mentioned that it was kind of like you were backed in a corner and then you saw entrepreneurship in space as like this great opportunity. And I was wondering if, if you could like expand on that. Like what, cause I think a lot of people when they're just getting out of college, it's sometimes hard to like settle on a path. And it seems like you found the path for you. You know, you've been doing it for like 10 to 12 years. So I'm curious if we could uh, kind of expand on that moment of like not knowing the right path and like how you discovered it. So in reality, you know, what I think entrepreneurship is, this is my experience. Entrepreneurship just, uh, just found me. I was, you know, when I graduated, I've got a couple of degrees. When I graduated, I started working in Europe. I had no idea I could become an entrepreneur. I really didn't want to become an entrepreneur, really. I was working for corporates. I was working, you know, for European Space Agency. And it felt about right. When I moved to Australia, just because of the conditions and the fact that this country at the time, so that was four years ago, did not have many job, normal, let's say normal job opportunities for me, I kind of got stuck in a corner. I really love space and I love what I do and I wanted to keep doing it. But I, I found myself here uh, in Australia, where at the time there was not a space agency. There were probably just few startups or let's say commercial um, space. And, uh, and then I met my co-founder, Matt. And he's an entrepreneur, right? So Matt was like, hey, we, we, we can do this and, uh, and uh, we can jump on the other, you can jump on the other side and start creating what you would really want to do. I remember... When I arrived here, I was having, I had this little book, notebook, when I was writing all the things I could have done potentially, you know, in the entrepreneurship world. Uh, I really love propulsion. That's my background. Eh? I do a lot of, you know, I've done a couple of patterns and rockets. I'm like, can I do something like that? I love nanosatellites. And but it's literally a jump into entrepreneurship from, from nothing just because you love a topic and, and you understand how big it is, this passion mm-hmm. for you, that you just cannot live without. I, I, sh- I could have changed job and become like a mining engineer. This is such a good thing in Australia. I don't want to do it. So um, this is how we founded our first startup before Fleet and, um, and help all this ecosystem to grow because they have massive passion for space and, and solving problems, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, 
that that moment kind of reminds me of another Italian, Leonardo da Vinci, who when he when he was a, a young lad, um, he was a, a, a bastard, and and back then that was like a really really a very very negative thing. But he kept he started saying like he started seeing it as a good thing because if he had a normal education, he wouldn't be Leonardo da Vinci. Like he had to like kind of figure things out, like figure his own way of thinking. He also kept a notebook and like did things throughout the day. I don't know if you're with that, but the so Leonardo da Vinci was a, was a, was a was a huge person, a huge personality, and a great. So thanks for the comparison. <laughs> but but he, he he it seems like that. But but like the lack of opportunity is going to be like it, it also has that type of thing where it's like it's going to be a thankful thing where you're going to look back and be like oh there was an opportunity so you made something and now there's going to be a tons of opportunity for everyone who works for you so you're kind of like like doing the same thing like think like at the time you're probably like well this sucks but like now looking back it's kind of a positive thing they, you know when i arrived here and it's also you have to bear in mind that i was in europe where space is a great thing and everyone does it and it's normal and i arrived here and the space community is small and everyone is like this is never going to happen and what I've learned about me in the past five years that it's um, I'm quite a, I was always a kind of a big rebel child, but when someone tells you this is never going to happen, and what they meant is that it's going to be impossible to create a startup from Valley. That's what they meant. It's going to be impossible to capital raise. It's going to be impossible to hire people. It's going to be just hard because nothing is going to ever happen here. There were people that were trying to create a space agency for forty years without success, and. That was an opportunity. I'm like, okay, this is a first world country that is amazing. You know, with also a lot of opportunity in terms of and and customers, you know, mm-hmm. big, big industries, big geography. There's so many problems to solve. And you work around and you go, everyone has got a problem. So a space can solve them all. So I agree with you. That was an opportunity. I was saying the more people were telling me it's never gonna happen, the more between Matt was like, oh my God, we're gonna make this happen. Uh, because we do see a lot of problems and we know how to solve this. So we're going to do it. Um, yeah, the, the thing about entrepreneurship, I always say, you know, when people ask me, uh, what's your best advice you can give to, to an entrepreneur is, is, I always say, don't do it. Don't do entrepreneurship. There is that the fire in some people when they hear no, that creates massive opportunities. Great. So this is what happened to me, I guess. There was a, I think Matt Damon, who did the, the Martian, I think there's the joke that like he like we just keep saving his life, but he he said the same thing like whenever someone comes to him and says hey I would like to be an actor he said he like he discourages them like he almost like makes it harder for them because if it's really something they're gonna they want to do it won't matter right like all the all the negativity won't stop them because they would have exactly. it's their calling yeah I didn't know Madame was doing that I do this with all the entrepreneurs that approaches me I'm like don't do it it's just too hard it's hard <laughs> I'm a quiet I'm a quiet honest entrepreneur. A lot of entrepreneurs out there they're like, this is amazing. People think entrepreneurship is uh, is uh, having a board on the sea and spending all day on the beach. It's actually hard work. And it's an amazing journey. It's an amazing experience. And I do exactly the same. I go to them and say, ah, oh, I will not do it. Just find a job. And the people that have got really that far to solving problem, they are like, I'm going to do it anyway. Who is this girl? What does she want for me? So I love these people. They are the best. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think any of the people that told you it was impossible were kind of doing the same thing to you or? No, I think, I think, uh, no, no, I actually think they thought it was impossible. <laughs> what I find in Australia that I really love is that at the beginning, everyone said, this is impossible. It's going to be really hard to do outside US. It's going to be really hard to do here, but they didn't stop us. 
Mm-hmm. So once we started getting traction and we started, you know, having customers and capital raising and things were starting happening, they were very happy to support us. And suddenly this ecosystem changed. So it's a beautiful culture here. It's um, probably not super proactive at the beginning, but then they just become very enthusiastic and they lift you up. So I actually think they thought it would be impossible because they tried. There is... Um, I don't know. Sometimes also people that come from abroad that I've seen different things that people that migrate have got that resiliency against all odds. No, um, this is I think what happened really. Is it? I've been hearing because I've interviewed a number of people and it does seem like resilience, like more than anything, like not to not to mean that other people or anyone in general, but like it seems that like you don't have to be like you don't have to be a genius. You don't have to you know, have all these gifts, really what you have to do is just be persistent and really care about it. Uh, Robert, Robert Langer of MIT, who I think he's like one of the best biotech innovators of our time. Like he got a, a, a bunch of awards. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's, he said, uh, he said something similar to that, which is really, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I guess I just keep finding similes to your experiences, the, which, which I hopefully people like watching and will will kind of like take heed. There's like, there's like two really great to like capsulate. So kind of like encompass what we're talking about here where Ben, Ben Franklin, I don't know that many Italian people. So all my, all my quotes are going to be from American, but, but the, um, the two, that's like, that's it. Like Leon da Vinci and then Roman times. Like that's like the Renaissance is the one I'm trying to learn about now. I actually have a giant book on Leonardo da Vinci underneath my laptop. But the, um, so the Ben Franklin says like the, the, a lot of people die at 25 and are buried like 50 years later, which really means like people like don't take their shot or they just like kind of hold it in. And the other one is um, the greatest repository of knowledge isn't the library or probably modern times like the internet, but rather the grave because people take it with them. And so like this idea of per- perseverance, it's like it doesn't like you won't quit. And then that's also one of those things I've been trying to like kind of piece out, like what separates someone who's like who keeps going versus someone who gets crushed? I think I think it's one word because uh, resiliency is one thing. Being stubborn is another one. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I'm, I'm just a new entrepreneur. Real, realistic, I've been doing this for four years and I'm young and there is the life of knowledge and learning in front of me. What I have learned, the, the most important lesson I've learned about resiliency, it has to be coupled with keen um, and you need to begin to learn mm-hmm. because when you run a company, you're a co-founder of a company and you are the CEO and you are in the board, you are shareholders, you're trying to do things that change the world. These are completely new things to all of us. You're growing a team from zero to 20 to 20 to 40, launching satellites, having customers, expanding. This is an enormous amount of work you need to learn. So there is the intelligence to understand the resiliency. It's great. But you have to learn and you have to learn when things are going well, when things are not going well, to keep, to keep, and this is what I like the most. Um, I see too many, I hope I'm not going to be one of those entrepreneurs that get just attached to the company so much that they don't understand it's time to change it, to tune it, to twist it, that the customers are the most important people. It's not about you, you know? So that, that also understanding of maybe we are not in the right path. Maybe we have to change it. Mm-hmm. Residency can be really bad. You see, you know, you see entrepreneurs doing exactly the same things over and over again. And I just hope I'm not going to be one of those. 
And um, you know, the things that I make sure that I do is always learning and learning and learning because I'm young and there's so much to learn if we want to bring this company to have a massive impact. Mm-hmm. But you do learn. You do learn if you are a person open in, a, in such, a, such a fast way, right? And you're always wrong. That's the point. I, I'm, I'm, most of the time, I'm wrong. And, um, but I reflect about it and I keep moving. If I look at, at the choices I've made a couple of years ago, they're super naive. And it makes me laugh because it's just a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just faces, right? Uh, I think it's a beautiful journey. I, I imagine that your time, other than just like the daily learning that you, you go, the question I'm trying to get at, which I'll, I'll jump to it instead of just trying to set it up, is how do you learn? And then how do you prioritize what to learn? Because if everything's coming at you, right? Like you have to like figure out like the right things that you can learn and reflect on. Because if you try and learn everything or try and like figure out everything at the same time, then you're, it's a lot, it's like trying to please everyone, like you can't do it. So how do you differentiate to find the right things to learn? And then how do you go about learning them? There is a big exercise that I've learned in the past couple of years running a startup that is all about uh, strategies and priorities. So you really need to reassess what you do constantly. I'm very lucky because I shared this journey with Matt and he's a big thinker. So he's teaching me how to reassess and, and strategy and, and what is important now, what are our priorities to get right, what can we dive in and what we can let go. I think you have to, I mean, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty OCD person i love to learn and i love to know things so you if you spend a day with me you see me diving from you know checking what everyone is doing and touching base with the people that build things with the people that write software uh, and check your sales is fine and calling customers i i just need that energy of mm-hmm. of touching base on everything and if i see that something is not working i dive into it and I start looking into it, and I have all the people around me. But the key is that it's really hard to know in a startup in general what is working and what is not working because you are in high speed train mm-hmm. and uh, you, you have to put yourself some goals, and you're not sure that those goals are even right. Um, so it's a lot of thinking. Most of the time, is my weekend thinking or the long chats I have with my co founder that makes the big three tricks. You really like, you just, it's, you have to do it to learn it. You know, entrepreneurship, you have to do it to learn it. And every experience is different from others, but I think they've got a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, entrepreneurs is, is a definite hero's journey. I mean, it's, it's not like, um, it's, it, it, it's not a job. It's, it, it feels really lonely sometimes. When you actually find yourself talking with entrepreneurs, you kind of get it because mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole new thing. Most than anything, it's that constant thinking process and checking and checking what you're doing and pushing things a little bit further. So when you feel very comfortable, it's time to, it's time to change. Now it's time to, okay, we can push a little bit more. So it's a lot of learning to do. Yeah, the, it makes sense. The, from, what, from, what I, from what I heard, it seems that some of the ways that you've kind of developed those mechanisms is surrounding yourself with people like Matt who can kind of like, you can reflect off of and bounce it. So it's not completely just you. And then really being open to reflection. There was, a, there was one, I think it might have been Lee Iacocca, an automotive guy in America, who every, every like once, one day a week, he would set, up, set aside four hours, four hours and no one was allowed to talk to him. He would just sit in a room 
and he he had a piece of paper and he would just write about his week. Do you do you have any systems like that, or is it really just kind of like you have a group think with Matt and Co. and kind of just reflect on what's going on as it happens? Uh, we have, uh, I mean, I have my experience with my co-founder that I think is our, our entrepreneurship journey, but we do have a way of working um, that it works us. I do have, so my way is uh, diving into things and, and finding time to, I'm kind of an explosion. So I'm like, okay, I see all these things and these are not working and this, this is, has to go in this direction. This should go. So for me, it's like, I could give you a list of things every week that we need to make sure that I got in tune. And he's the one that said, okay, she gave me this gigantic, you know, bowl of fire. And he's the one that says, okay, I sit down for one hour and I, I make sure that these things get implemented. But it's kind of somehow I see you, I see OO should work. So it really works well, but I, I am, I'm really good. I'm, I'm struggling with a lot of things. My, I'm massively good at having overview of things. So jumping from one topic to the other, see always something that is not working. And I mainly bring it to him and say, hey, we need, we need to implement changes. And he's the one that sits down. So I know I call him his, um, his three hours. So he's got the three hours in which he gets all my inputs and make implementations and bring it back to me and we make things working. It's fascinating. So there is all these things that no one teaches you. You know, you don't learn from any book and it's different from you and working in another company. It's just the way you work and you wait to make things happen. And you never know if you're right or wrong. You, you really do what your business instinct tells you to do. Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. Uh, I guess la last question on this topic is, did you... Did you have anyone that you kind of like looked up to? And then when you would have these difficult times where you're trying to imagine the vision of the company, you would think, hey, what would, what would, I don't know, Jeb do from, I don't know who Jeb is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, did you have anyone like that? Or? I'm thinking now. <laughs> no, I don't know. There are great, there are great entrepreneurs to look, to look up to nowadays, right? You know, and, and I'm a space girl. So yeah, all those uh, Elon and Richard and Jeff are just a great inspiration. But I'm not really like that. You know, I, I mean, I, in the bad times, I don't just think how they made it. Or I just think that this is going to work. For me, there is no doubt that what I'm going to do in the next 20 years is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. Because it just feels right. It feels I'm in the right spot. It feels that what we are doing is what I love and I want to do. It feels that people appreciate what we are trying to do also in customer points of view. So I've got no fear. So there are not bad times. I mean, there are bad times, but you know, there are not times that I need to look up to someone. And probably if there are those times, this, that's my co-founder, and you know, I touch base with him. It would be too easy to say we are inspired by Elon Musk. That's, that's his journey, you know? And I wish I would be Elon Musk in 20 years. The, the things I love about them is that they teach you different lessons, yeah? The gigantic, the gigantic journey that Jeff Bezos did it's 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 impressive and it's focused and it's huge. You get that scalability that is impossible to grab. You know, as an entrepreneur, it's hard to understand how someone managed to do this in such a big scale. And then you go to Elon and you see the capability of doing parallel entrepreneurship, eh? not even zero, but doing things and and cross cross um, pollinating from one company to the other. These are also great lessons. 
you see the capabilities of richer brands to do that, but on different levels. These are, these are my heroes because they are the you know, space entrepreneur, but their journey is their journey. And uh, we, you know, we, we just have, I mean, I want to just very focus and make sure that we do our journey in a proper way. Yeah. I think the, the big thing that I take away from their journeys is that it's not, I think a lot of people think that anytime they, they do something that it should be like an overnight success or that like it's a couple of years where every single one of them, it took more than 10 years. I think, I think it took more than 10 years for Amazon to make a profit. I think it took more than 10 years before people knew who Elon was. Richard Branson, I think it was like 30 years before people knew who he was, but he was still doing great stuff on his own. We just didn't have the internet. Do we have the internet back then? I don't know how. how. <laughs> I agree. It takes time. So if you actually look at the stories, you do understand it takes time. If you look at amazing, if you look at amazing story, you know, Airbnb, Uber, or the big unicorns in China, this doesn't happen over overnight. It did not happen overnight. So it's uh, what it teaches you. What it teaches me is that sometimes you say, okay. Um, Maybe we start with this thing and we will do the other in five years, okay? And I'm like, no, let's, let's do that. Let's do that now. It might take longer, but we will get there. You know, five times, five years we fly. Uh, you know, I'll be 39, super young. You know what I mean? So many still years to go to make things happen. Um, the first years are really hard. You know, you build a startup. You have to cut your race. You've got a product that enters in the market and you think, this, is, this is, must be the, the worst time ever. But that's just phase one. And, you know, the next phase just changes. Scalability is the uh, being, you know, being solid and, and understand so many different mechanisms. It's, it's not true that it gets better or worse. It gets, it gets just, just change. You know, I've got two kids, and uh, Vitara is three and uh, Katarina is six. And I always say, oh, my God, next year it get better. But it just doesn't get better. It gets different. So you really need to enjoy and learn and, and absorb the most out of those little phases. Because if you don't, the company and, and market, everyone is going to go ahead. You're going to stay behind. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my focus. My focus is being that entrepreneur that is able to bring everyone with me and this company, this customer, and this idea. And not be left behind. And because I'm a young entrepreneur, I will have to learn very fast how to do that. Mm-hmm. That's really, my, my laser focus goal. Yeah. yeah, that definitely, I read uh, Losing My Virginity by Richard Branson. And I, I think his is the, the, the same way. It's like, there are, there are people that'll build things and they kind of like take pride in being mean or, or grumpy people like Steve Jobs. And then there's some people that like try to like create a community to get something going. There's a great documentary about uh, apes. <laughs> this, is like a horror, this is a weird parallel. And then we'll, we'll go on to talk about what you're working on. But the, basically there's like two apes. Two te- there was one that was very social and there was one that was just like very aggressive. And they, they both wanted to be number one because that's just what they do in ape culture. What else? They, they don't have anything else to build for. But um, um, And so like the, the, the strong one, he beat up the, the top one. But then no one wanted to listen to him because he couldn't get people to listen to him because he didn't know how to socialize. He didn't know how to get everyone on the same page. But the social one who built all these connections, him and his friends got together and just beat him up and then they kicked him out and then he became the top dog. So it's, it's, I, whenever, whenever, I, I always like to hear people who are very much about the community because when, when there are tough times, the community is there to like help you bounce up. 
where if you're in a tough situation trying to get people or like anything's going on, like it's like, it does like the buck does always stop with you. Like you have to make the decisions in your life, but it's good to know that you have like that social connection to like support you, especially since we're such social creatures. But so turning to what you've built now, the, um, the segue from ape, ape culture, the, if they're not apes, someone's going to make fun of me. Fair enough. No, no, I get, I get what you're trying to say. I get it. Yeah. The, um, when did you know that it was going to work or is, is there always that, that fear in you that it's not going to work out and that it, I've like, got, you, I've got four satellites okay, that are going to be launched this month. You know, you see one the countdown four days from now, so Sunday, I got that fear now. Is it going to work? So I don't think you never have the feeling is working and you should not have it because that's a comfortable zone that you don't want to get there. Um, fleet is at the, is the beginning of the journey. You know, we cap your race. We're going to keep cap your race. It's a complicated exercise. I'm not sure for satellites. Do I have fears? It's not going to work. No, I don't. I've done this many times, but I'm not, you know, let's go and watch. There are so many things that need to get in place. I think, the beautiful things is that, you know, let's say we cap your race and I'm, um, we have lived for one half year and build those four satellites, build this product, build our customer's portfolio. The things I'm proud of the most, proud of the most that I had some goal that I wanted to achieve last year, we have done 10 times more that I was not expecting. This is what happened when you build a great team and you do great things. Do you have fear it's not going to work? Constantly. And that fear keeps you hungry, it keeps you active, it keeps you pushing boundaries. And, um, and this is what you're supposed to do. When did I know it was work, working? Working, capital raising, it's, it's, it's something. It's a beginning of something. But for me, when it's going to work is when millions of people will not live without fleets, you know, without the product that we put on the market. That's the day where probably I'm going to be like, oh, this is great. But even that day, my fear would be like, let's keep make sure that we, that we serve them in the best way. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is space data. Space data going space with rockets. Fear is part of the journey. You know, you're not going to get it out of the journey. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the journey. And there are going to be obstacles. It's not easy, but it's, it's the best. It's exciting. So fear is the fuel of space data, I guess. Yeah, that... That makes sense. I think I think Elon Musk said like most people are afraid of criticism, right? And he said that you should you should always try to find someone who hates what you're doing or like people who disagree with you and have them tell you what's going on. And so I, I always try to find like whenever like my podcast, for instance, I'll I'll try and find people who hate it or or and I'll like I'll have like like hour long conversations with them and I learn a lot of valuable stuff. Like oh I didn't know I said like and um so many times and then I just learned to filter it out and I can you can grow. But like yeah, I think it. it like and that. that's yeah. always my approach, and it's um, has been my approach in the past one half year. It's been my approach um, um, with with customers, with investors. I like to approach people and having people say to me, "This is never going to work," because that makes me reassess their feedbacks. Uh, we have spoke with a lot of investors in the past year, even without capital raising, because I wanted to know what can we do better. And customers, we we put in the market we got all these feedbacks and it's it's great this is what we are supposed to do so the first couple of years the first year it is painful because everyone is like ah mm, maybe 
and you're there like, okay, okay, so the capability is that don't take it personally, take those feedbacks, implement it, implement it, implement it, keep implementing them. Because eventually you will know what everyone needs. So all these moving parts of a startup, right? clients, partners, employees, investors, so all those stakeholders, you understand them so well that you can create a product and an ecosystem and a company that is healthy. Um, no one likes feedbacks. You know, if you look at startup culture, yeah, you, you know, feedback, fail fast and all these great things. Usually everyone really suffers for feedbacks, but I've learned not to. I've learned that they, that they are absolutely incredible. And if you let go on the perfection, the first couple of you have to let go because perfection doesn't come from a couple of engineer brainstorming here. Mm-hmm. You know, the perfection comes from the word going back to us and saying, this is right, this is wrong. We like this. We maybe don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest thing is to run an engineer team is that engineers are trained. They're really trained for perfection. They're university trained to be perfect. It's something that you want to have since we are launching for satellites. So I'm really sure they are perfect. But also when you actually need to have that relationship with customers, you have to let go because you need to give space customers to tell them what they need instead of you imposing it on them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a painful journey, but it's great and it's been amazing experiences. Yeah. So after this month of the four launches, what's the next big mountain that you see coming up? So as like someone who sees like the vision, so like what, what comes after this? I love how um, uh, Jay is speaking, a brain of entrepreneur. Uh, this mind is divided in two. So when the satellites, and this is my, my engineering mind, my tech mind says, these satellites are going to go up on a rocket that I hope, I hope is going to be okay. And then it's going to be few interesting months of um, satellite commissioning and customers serving that are going to be a really key interesting point for us all through Christmas. So it's this, eh? it's satellite operation. Can you see? Yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, my right mind is like, let's focus on this and make sure it works. My other mind is already focused on the future. You know, I want, I flip wheel capital racing because we need to expand. Um, we have this product on the market and it's already working and we are selling all over the world and we are a team of 15 people. We need to expand and we need to take all this market. I want just the internet of things market to own it. Um, it's, 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 it's popping out. It's a market that is on the edge of explosion. And I want to be there and I want to be there fast before everyone. I'm already there. But, you know, so in the coming 12 months, we have to expand this like in an, an incredible way. So in the past couple of months, we have tuned that, the sales, the marketing, to make sure that we are ready for this. And I, I love it. This is the most interesting phase. And I hope we will get investors on board that are happy to give us a push to make sure that this expansion happens properly. Mm-hmm. You know, we have built fleet with that idea that we don't want to be a satellite company waiting 10 years for every satellite to be perfect. We have a product in the market. We are serving customers and we are learning from it. And I want to go fast. And that, that really, really fast explosion of the Internet of Things and uh, industry digitalizing, it's, we're going to be there. You know, I, there's a lot of people that talk about Internet of Things with PowerPoint. So satellite company, they're like, oh, I'm going to launch a satellite. So I will figure it out. I've been three years in this world. It's really hard. It's fascinating. It's, it's complicated. And I think we have unlocked it. 
So I've got the satellites will go up, we will create this, and I have no doubt about that because that's what I do. The satellites will go up, that's what my team do. It's, they're going to be great, they're going to be perfect. We, will, we have a massive plan how this is going to work out. But in the meanwhile, while everyone will be waiting for their constellation to go up, we are going to attack the market and we are going to make sure that we sell and we serve customers. We make them happy very fast and in every side of the planet. Every side of the planet needs this. You know, from, from uh, uh, we got a deployment in Hawaii in a few weeks uh, to something in, in Africa and in Europe. This is a world-changing tech. It has to go fast. But what I love is that I saw this Internet of Things market ramping up, but I know in the next couple of years it's going to explode. You know? And it makes me feel very excited because you're going to be there. Is, a, is, is there like a, when you imagine it working, is there a, is there like a person who you imagine it helping that you're like, I can't wait to help that person with this technology? Or is it just the idea that you can help so many people? Like, is there like, is there like a, yeah, if that makes sense. I don't know. There are a lot of applications that we are doing now. So my, my dream about internet of things that we, what we do that is kind of propelling the, the industries. Eh? So we, we help industry through this industrial revolution. I mean, who gets to create some massive tech during an industrial revolution that, 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 that's completely a gift, you know. We're talking about what Ford did during his Industrial Revolution, what Steve Jobs did during another Industrial This is just a gift. So we are in the middle of an Industrial Revolution and we are serving industry to change the way they operate. And this is not just because we want to become a unicorn because I see some application that and some of my customers running that absolutely they, they make me smile in the evenings. You know, we now, um, um, we got from the biggest, you know, uh, energy schemes that finally connect things to improve the efficiency to connecting animals and rhinos in South Africa. We now started a big, big project on tracking bees from space. And if you actually know how cool it is to take care of bees, it just, it just blows my mind how amazing is that. And then you go in an agriculture field that you have, people after running digitally and you see people after changing the way they operate seriously or massive companies sending uh, in the logistic uh, tracking tracking foods that you know we waste 60% of, of all our goods in the supply chain so all that amazing potential that you can have when you start tracking everything is what makes me smile at the end of the day any new customer comes to me and says I want to solve this massive problem doing some tracking of these devices with you guys. And I'm like, this is insane, like the potential of it. From massive mining and oil and gas companies or big industry to, to application that you wouldn't even imagine. Mm-hmm. We, I think we don't know and we don't see the potential of Internet of Things in industries. We have been uh, just exposed to what Internet does for people. When everything is uh, it's connected, it completely changes the way people operate. And I'm totally fascinated about all this large-scale sensors deployment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you spend one day at Fleet, you'd be impressed by the things we connect. <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable. And it's just so different in the industry. So creating a kind of an agnostic internet platform, I call it our digital nervous system. Um, is what got me excited. It what got me got me going, really. Yeah, I, I used to 
own an apiary. So I used to raise bees. So the idea of tracking those kind of interesting. So we are, we are deployment today uh, in a farm in which you know you actually measure. You know how it is. It's a lot of work, and when apiary are uh, like enormous quantities, people think like one, but there can be like thousand of them, and it's a lot, lot of logistic to make sure when you actually have to go there, open up and intervene. This is like billions of sensors. It's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, it's going to change the way people operate. I'm always surprised how we operate in 2018. When people come back to me with applications, I, I love it. But I had a bee that stung me on my foot. So that's the pros and cons of running a space startup connecting bees. So, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Some people believe that getting stung by a bee is good for you. I, it's I not nice though. It was. It really hurt. Okay, yeah. it really did hurt. But it's this is this is million and billion of devices that we wouldn't even think that it's possible to connect. And weirdly enough, space is becoming so efficient that that's the way these things are connected. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it makes sense. The is there um, so a question I always like to ask people, especially as we spend so much time talking about how great they are, is to also highlight like an unknown. So the question is, what is something, what is something that exists either in the universe or in the world or a tech or whatever that you don't know? Like, you know, like, a, I don't, like the weird example that pops in my head is if the big bang, if the big bang is, has a, is the reason that the universe exists, right? If you took the big bang away, like what would be here in instead? Like that's a question. I don't know what the answer is, but is there a question that you have about the, the world or a tech or, or something that you're curious about that you don't have the answer yet, but that, that, that you're curious about and that one day you hope to have the answer for It's So yeah, yeah, that's the question. Too many things. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, because I was always, I've always been a girl very fascinated with science. So there are so many things that totally, um, it is kind of like, what's your favorite book? But what, the one thing that I'm super passionate about is since I'm a little girl, and everything tech and science really do these things. They, if you go out for a breakfast with me or a dinner, probably we're going to end up talking about this. It's all sort of very intensively science unknown way of transporting ourselves. In, in the cosmos. So I'm a big fan of transportation devices. So if I could start at a three startups today, I will definitely find something that can transport yourself without an airplane from one place to the other. You know, I love, I love these sorts of crazy things or massive science weird things that allow us to change the way we do spaceship so that you, you know, I think what everyone is doing is rocket is great, you know, changing the rocket, re-entering the rocket, have a big rocket. I wish I could find some science answer how to do the big transportation things. Mm -hmm. Star Trek. And you would think this is crazy, but that's that's my love. You know, this is where I spend a lot of time thinking about the very big mysteries of the universe and how we can solve them technically and we can grab them. I'm sure we don't know it all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that really high-speed spaceship that gets sucked into a hole and pops up on the other side of the universe. I want to build that. <laughs> but I don't know if I have time enough 
So uh, we'll have to train my, my kids. Looks like they're going to live 130 years in this generation. Yeah, but by the time by the time we get old, because we're yeah, we're about the same age, the, the well, you're a woman, so you're, you'll you'll live longer than me. That's unfair. But the for like a guy, my like life expectancy is in the U.S. is like seventy four to like eighty. But when I'm about that age, it should be about ninety. So for you, that's, you'll probably be like one hundred fifteen. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm entrepreneur. Probably will have a lot of is like forty two. Okay, for all the stress, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, that's true. So the I guess the the final question, other than maybe book recommendations, would be if you could travel to any any celestial body, um, either in the solar system, outside of the solar system, if there's like a really cool one you've always wanted to. You mean my fancy visit, spaceship. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean my fancy spaceship. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Which one would you go to? Like for me, it would probably be Titan. I think. Like imagine like the sunrise. I mean the the Saturn rise. Like you'd see Saturn come over. But um, yeah, where, where would you visit? I don't know. There is a there is a big big one to Mars, and uh, if you actually study the things that have been discovered by the biggest telescope in another galaxy of a planet that looks very 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 similar to Earth, Mars is not similar to Earth. Mars is going to be hard work to <laughs> to populate. So Elon has got a you know an interesting plan. I'm curious about what is similar to us and what is in another, probably another galaxy, another dimension. And we have seen a lot of them out there. They're just way too far to reach. But when I would like I create my special spaceship, I would just pop there and check what status, you know, these beautiful planets with water and green that they're very similar to Earth. I'm curious about those. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's a good one. I should have picked that. That would have been better than Titan. I just, Titan's kind of cool. That was Flavia of Fleet, CEO and co-founder. Let's all be crossing our fingers for the rockets that are going to be going up and that have already gone up, that they keep working. Well, not the rockets, but the satellites keep working. Check the show notes if you want to learn more. Remember to like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Leave a review. Every single review, every single thing you can do, if you've enjoyed this, if you've hated this, if you, you know, anything to give feedback to tell people is really going to help this podcast grow and i can't do it without each and every one of you other than that i want to inform people before we go that there is a new way to show support for the podcast and to keep it advertisement free from now until forever which is called patreon if you go to patreon and look for learning with lowell you'll see this podcast don't forget to subscribe and leave a review we can be found on twitter at lowell was here facebook and on the website learningwithlowell.com also sign up for the newsletter where you can hear amazing content every monday new episodes every tuesday and new blog posts around every thursday remember to share and tell your friends please and thank you